This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity, a Reformed Episcopal parish of the Anglican Church in North America in Houston, Texas. Please join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. for Holy Communion, and visit us on the web at holytrinityrec.org. Enjoy the sermon. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Bearing witness. In the gospel for this morning, we read of the Holy Spirit bearing witness and the apostles of Jesus Christ bearing witness. In the context of the ascension, this witnessing is essential. As we know from the Mosaic law, to establish a fact, two or three witnesses had to testify. As subjects of our great king, servants of our king, bearing witness to him, to his truthfulness, is not optional. Rather, in the word of God, it is a requirement. In the monarchies of old, all those that lived in the realm under the king were expected to bear witness to their ruler's power and authority. No matter the person, lowly peasant or high-ranking official, all bore witness to their king. All were required to honor and respect him, to serve him. In Christ, as we celebrate in the ascension tide, we too, and more so, are servants of our great king and also are expected to bear witness to his salvation, to his authority. Today, let us look at three that are required to bear witness to our Lord Jesus Christ as we read in the gospel today. The Holy Spirit, the disciples, and every Christian and every age. First, as we saw in John 15, 26, regarding the Spirit, He will bear witness about me. The Spirit for us as God's people is described as the comforter, as the helper. This is most appropriate here in the context of our gospel, for Jesus is warning His disciples that as He will be killed upon the cross, they too would face persecution. To serve as they serve him. On their own, after the Lord ascended into heaven, these men would not be able to fulfill the Great Commission. They could not fulfill this alone. In dire need of the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, to fulfill and to do the work of the kingdom. In this wise, as we will celebrate next Sunday with Pentecost, the coming of the Spirit in power, enable the apostles and all believers to bear witness for themselves to their risen and ascended Lord. As 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 3 reminds us regarding the work of the Spirit to bear witness to us, therefore I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. We need this help constantly. The Spirit builds us up. The Spirit does not lift himself up, but rather continually points us to Jesus Christ as our Lord and King. It bears witness to him. 
This passage from 1 Corinthians 12 is a great test to apply to anyone we hear or see speaking in the name of Jesus Christ. If they are truly servants of our great King, they will proclaim and believe and live the fact that Christ is King and Lord. Any declarations about Jesus that take away from his lordship and his authority are not by the Spirit of God, but rather are counterfeits. If a servant does, goes about trying to say something about his king that, that is false, that is not true, to make a false declaration, that servant is no longer a servant. That servant is a traitor, an enemy. The Holy Spirit in our passage is described as the spirit of truth. He bears witness, testifies to the veracity of Christ and everything he has done for us. When we are weak, when we are in need, the Holy Spirit comforts us and brings us back to health, to the ability to testify again in the strength of the Lord, for he is our helper. The second group we see that bears witness to Jesus Christ are the disciples or the apostles. As we read in verse 27, And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. The disciples were a distinct group in that they were with our Lord Jesus Christ for the entirety of his three-year ministry here on earth. They witnessed his teachings, his miracles, and everything else about him that would equip them for going forth into the world to spread the message of the gospel, the kingdom of heaven, to every corner of the earth. They bore witness to Jesus in a very personal manner. They were entrusted with the great responsibility of testifying to Jesus Christ to all of humanity. In essence, their experience under the direct teaching of Jesus was to be of most critical import. They alone had the authority to establish the church on earth, throughout the earth. That was the authority that was given them by Jesus Christ himself and certified, if you will, by the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. They alone had the authority in this bearing witness to write authentic, God-inspired accounts and instructions on how to live as God's people in the body of Christ and in this world through what we call the New Testament. Holy Scripture. As John 16 verse 1 states, Jesus told these things to his disciples so that they would not fall away. In their traveling, in their writing and preaching, teaching, and spreading of this kingdom, they would face many hardships, many trials, many tribulations and storms. In many ways, Jesus told them they would be as the prophets of the Old Testament and testifying of the truth of God. As long as we are on this side of eternity, the response of the ungodly often is harsh to God's work and to his messengers. As Jesus did and said in his ministry, the apostles were to tell the truth. They were not to sugarcoat anything. They, by the help of the Spirit, were not to be pleasers of men, but rather chiefly servants of God to speak his words to speak his truth to all of mankind. This is why it's so important that the New Testament was written for the church, for all of us within the lifetimes of the apostles, by the apostles, or those that were in close relationship to the apostles. And such was confirmed by the apostles 
as truth. This is why it became a well-known tactic in the early persecutions of the church in the generations after the first century to seek out the clergy and the copies of the New Testament that were in their possession to, to destroy by burning. The word of God, as many teach today, was not irrelevant. Otherwise, they would, why would it be something that the persecutors of the church sought for destruction if truly God's word was false and irrelevant? The works and the testimony of the apostles by the power and inspiration of the Spirit thus are passed down to us to this day through Christ's church. We carry the mantle of the truth in Christ through the help of the Spirit in our day. We continue the call of the Great Commission to spread the gospel. Just as the apostles so long ago, we too are servants of the King. All we do, no matter what we do for a living, bears witness or should bear witness to Christ the King. In this great responsibility for us, we must rely, just as the apostles, upon comforter, the Holy Spirit. We must pray for this every day, for this ability, for this help to be a witness of the gospel. We must heed the warnings of Jesus to the apostles as valid, as true. Every generation of believers has faced persecution. Every generation has faced rejection, various degrees. The call, though, is to rely on the grace of God to weather these trials. The call is to maintain the truth in Christ and proclaim it as witnesses, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the consequences. As in the time of the apostles, we must not sugarcoat the gospel of Christ. We must present his gospel in all its simplicity, fully. The test we read earlier in 1 Corinthians 12, 3 is the same today as it was in the first century. We bear witness that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is supreme king over all kings. Anything less by his servants is traitorous. As 2 Timothy 1.14 reminds us, By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit that is entrusted to you. Now we must not be a naive here thinking we do not face the same things as the early church in terms of the persecutors of the church that sought to destroy God's word through fire. Now this happens in parts of this world to this day. But where we are today in our culture, guarding the witness of the apostles means we have to do so against those that either would teach that the word of God is irrelevant or extinct or maybe doesn't mean what it meant centuries ago, or with the apathy that reading and knowing it really is not needed today. Parts of our call as witnesses is to defend the veracity of this word in an age that hates God and hates his word. Again, we must always apply the lordship test. If we find a teaching that is lacking in Jesus Christ as Lord and King, we have to point it out and defend the faith with our witness and testimony as any loyal subject would. We are servants of Christ, our ascended Lord that we celebrate in this ascension tide. 
As servants, we are as the apostles of old to continue the call of every generation to bear witness with our very lives, with our very words to Jesus Christ. When we need help, and we all need help, we are to call upon the Lord in prayer and he will help. He will comfort through the Holy Spirit. The Spirit comforts us and provides the ability to discern in a world that is getting increasingly deceptive. In this wise, we need to continually call upon God in prayer and in worship as we do right now, as well as staying grounded in his word to proclaim it, to defend it to the ends of this world. Bear witness to his glory. Amen.